Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are back once again with our latest weekly podcast, True Heel Heat 106. On this very special edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, most importantly, the untimely passing of Brody Lee. We're also going to be discussing week 60 of the Wednesday Night Wars with the special Dynamite edition for Brody Lee's tribute. We're also going to do preview and predictions for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 15, Days 1 and 2, and much, much more. I am back once again with the princess of all the true heels, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, good morning, everybody. Hope everyone's happy new year, actually. Hey, guys. I hope all is well. Hugs, virtual hugs, I guess, you know. Kisses. Yes, special New Year's edition, another live edition. We're starting it out hot with True Hill Heat in 2021. And we have, once again, the resident True Hill alcoholic himself, Top Guy JJ. Well, happy New Year to you, fuckers! Like, oh my God, this shit has been great, man. Great start that year. We we've survived this animal called 2020. My goodness! And rise and shine, boo boo. You know, so it's always always good to see you in the morning. You know. It's just a, just a beautiful a beautiful face to to see in the morning, and then there's also <laughs> Top Guy JJ. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, you, 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 I'm, I'm always just when you got Chrissy on the show, I'm always just fucking throwing like absolutely, absolutely. And we have once again two weeks straight after being the true heel correspondent who is never on one of our weekly podcasts. He makes it two weeks straight, our final one of 2020, and now our first one of 2021. Back once again, the three time, three time, three time baby making champion this is ness morning guys thanks for having me again check this shit out i'm telling you man this is why you can't give up your spot on here man you guys are the ogs OGs. i'm just here to you know play play uh like i come off the bench you know that's what i do i can't can't say i'm the sixth man anymore but you know I'm a role player. There you go. I'm, I'm you a role are, player now. You're a key role player. You know, I didn't even list all your 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 accolades and your co-host, your co-host of Review of Honor, co-host of Blunt Impact, co-host of uh, of pretty much uh, Joints and Jabronis. Yeah. I, I, man, I forget, man, I forget, I forget, I forget everything that you're doing, sir. You're doing a lot. But thank you for joining us once again. So, so how is everybody's 2021 uh, going so far? We're two days in, so how is it going? I mean, it's as best as it's going to be. I, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, gotta go. Got, <laughs> I mean, he gonna ask that question like a day and a half into the year. I mean, I fucking forgot. I, I already forgot like the first like, quarter of it. Yeah. I spent, I spent like the first like 12, 13 hours getting rid of all the alcohol that I fucking drank consuming from like seven o'clock in the morning because I had to celebrate two New Year's. You know what I'm saying? It had had to be two New Year's, had to be one one out in the UK and then I had to celebrate ours. <laughs> well, well that's a good thing. At least you had like the five hour break in between. You, you know how quick I had to catch up and drink and take <laughs> shots just to get on her level? That shit was not easy. 
<laughs> well, you're you're the resident True Hill alcoholic, so it should yeah, be. Yeah, that, that shit put my name to the motherfucking test. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but we of course have to, uh, you know, thank our our presenters or our sponsors for this True Hill Heat edition. Uh, Wrestling Travel, our good friends over there. You can also catch True Hill Heat not only here on YouTube for our live stream or on demand, whichever way you're watching it. You can also listen to us on all your audio podcast platforms as well as in the UK on the great streaming site Powered for TV. But this Jarrell Heat is a it's a special one because this is our first one following the untimely passing of Brody Lee. Brody Lee, aka John Hubert, also known for WWE fans as Luke Harper. He passed away uh, over the the past week, actually uh, late on last uh, last Saturday when we did our stream in the evening. It was announced that Brody Lee had his untimely uh, passing at the very, very, very young age of forty one years old. Uh, this was as his wife. Amanda Hubert uh, reported it was a non-COVID-related lung issue. Uh, It was just uh, two months after his lungs started to shut down. And while he was hospitalized in the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, he was hospitalized in late October, just weeks after the biggest match of his career in the dog collar match versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Um, Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter reported that the doctors at the Mayo Clinic did test uh, Brody uh, multiple times and he tested negative for COVID-19 every single time. So this was just a basically an unfortunate incident in his life with his lungs uh, failing. And they also reported that Amanda went to AEW to let them know about the issue and asked officials to keep uh, the news quiet. Fightful Select also reported that staff and talent of AEW were informed of Huber's condition as early as November and were asked to respect the family's privacy. So this is probably one of the biggest like shocking deaths that we've seen in the wrestling world ever since probably Eddie Guerrero. And it's right up there with, you know, Owen Hart and uh, people of that out where it's an active wrestler who we just recently saw who is uh, passing away. So I will start with our guest Ness. What was your thoughts on the untimely passing of Brody Lee first? And then if you can, you know, share with the, the people at home your favorite Brody Lee or Luke Harper moment or match. Oh, man, just getting the news last week, it didn't seem real. Um, when everybody else found out prior to me, because, again, I was I was napping last week. And then when I woke up and I'm going through multiple chats um, from like different wrestling groups and things. And then I'm like reading and scrolling and people just talking about it. I'm like, nah, that's not real. But then once I got to like our chat and I'm seeing you guys talk about it, it like hit me like, no, bro, this can't be, this can't be real. This really isn't like, I, I couldn't grasp it. I was waiting for him to come back. Like, um, even last week's episode, when you asked Chrissy, you know, what. Uh, when she wanted to, who she wanted to see Sting face in a cinematic match, my person I wanted to see was him versus Brody Lee. You know, uh, Sting's just dark, um, brooding character going up against uh, just the, the Mr. Brody Lee, the Dark Order. I think that would have made for 
an amazing cinematic yeah. match. And it kind of would have carried over a little bit of history they had from WWE, you know, with the whole authority situation with Survivor Series a, a couple years ago when Sting came and helped out Team Cena. I think that would have, they could have played up on that as well. But um, man, it's, it's really been a hard, a hard week for me as a fan. I was a, uh, well, I still am huge Brody Lee fan, huge Luke Harper fan. I wanted the world for him in WWE. Um, I want to say my favorite, my favorite moment or my favorite time was when he uh, going into Survivor Series. You know, from that like the month before and prior, and and, and even the month after. Uh, just like the whole last three months of um, 2014. You know, uh, him and his famous "I'm a team player" promo, where he like lays out. Dolph Ziggler and the authorities office and you know I that moment right there I'm like yeah this is this is what I want I knew I knew he had it in him he had the potential to be a top guy I always seen it I always wanted it he was always my favorite guy and in, in the Wyatt family and when that took place I'm like yeah this is this is the push he's gonna get then right after he becomes um intercontinental champion and then I'm just like yes this is everything I wanted you know, unfortunately, you know, it only lasted for about a month, but, you know, he got the spotlight that I wanted for him so for so long or so badly. And I'm just glad that uh, he was able to have that time. But then I really just want to highlight the, you know, the last couple of months I was waiting for him to get to AEW. I couldn't wait for him to uh, show up, be the exalted one and get that recognition that I always knew that he like the potential that I knew he always had and he put, he delivered top notch bar none. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, some of my favorite moments, not even just on camera as an AEW product, but BTE fucking hilarious on BET, uh, BET, BTE um, with the dark order, getting them over, making them a threat, making them just uh, one of the, the, the favorite things of BTE and just AEW as a whole. And um, and this is going to be hard, knowing that he's not here. Um, he just had a stellar career, just famous matches all over from him versus Claudio Casagnoli and Chikara. They're their one and only cage match. You know, they still talk about today all the bangers he had with uh, John Moxley prior to AEW with CZW. Just just going all around the world and showcasing his talent that. Everyone knew that he had, and then just like the stories coming out now after his passing about how great of a guy he was, and he helped this person, helped that person, and like you could barely, there's nobody saying anything bad about him, you know, um, because there's nothing really bad to say because he was just a, a, a great individual, and um, we definitely lost somebody special in the, the wrestling community, and I just hope that uh, his family find the strength to uh, go on. Definitely. Very well said on this. Let's go over to Miss Chrissy Love. What was your reaction to finding out about the passing of Brody Lee and then your favorite Brody Lee match or uh, moment, even as uh, Luke Harper as well in the WWE? Um, very sad. Like you said, it, it kind of reminds you of like the sudden uh, passing of Eddie and of Owen and all those things, and it just shows you how all of, everyone is affected on all platforms. All everyone reached out and said no one said anything bad about him. Everyone all said the same thing, and it's really sad. And um, 
kudos to everyone, like, keeping this very private because he wasn't on TV for a while. And, you know, we just, you know, thinking maybe they're on vacation. You know, you know, everyone is out for a reason. You know, everyone has personal issues or personal things going on, and they need time off. And it's sad when you when you heard when you heard it was like that another thing in 2020 another person must is like gone shout out to ness for having merch already first of all yeah, um, made, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but um him just like john moxley as soon as you knew that they were they were leaving you knew that they were going to be pushed and be shown and show their potential and show be broke be given the platform where they can shine and that's exactly what happened when he came out and he wasn't a bludgeon brother. He wasn't like behind a mask. He was actually a character and everyone actually was feeling the exalted one. Everyone was loving the dark order. So it was really, really cool for him to be able to shine in these last few couple of months right before his passing, because he wasn't shining when he wasn't really shining that much over in WWE and his last couple of years, like, like, let's just be real. It wasn't nothing to be, like, no one was looking forward to seeing him. Like, it just, the, the character was not there. And um, I actually loved him when he was in the Wyatt family. I loved it when they had the whole mask and everything. But um, for me, the dog collar match is what took it over. I can just say one of my personal favorites. Uh, if we have, I can talk about it a while, but don't have the time for all of that. But, um, it's just sad. My heart goes out to his family. Uh, it's just, it's gone too soon. So, you know, we can't talk about that and judge what, you know, happens and why that happens. It's always something, it happens for a reason. And um, just praying for his family, his children, you know? Yeah, 100%. He leaves behind uh, two young young boys, uh, Brody Jr., as well as Nolan, and like I said, his wife, Amanda. Uh, Top Guy JJ, your reaction to the passing of Brody Lee and your favorite moment or match from his career? So, reacting to Brody Lee's unfortunate passing, this one took days for me to process. Like, I, I didn't even understand that this actually happened. Like, you know, you kind of... It's one of those things that 2020 has made you so numb that it just didn't feel like, come on, like, this isn't really happening. And then I think, like, it for real, for real, legit, just started hitting me hard, like, hard, once that episode of Dynamite came on. It was just like, I, it's just unreal. And it, it is definitely, without even hesitation, this was the hardest wrestling death to me since Eddie Guerrero's. And this was, this was just, this was gut punching. This was something that you always heard. This was the wrestling fans and all of us. He was always the guy that all wrestling fans pushed for more. We all wanted more for that man. And when he is the definition of a worker, he is the true definition of a worker. He literally took everything that the WWE gave him, and he tried his hardest to make it work. Like, no matter how we thought it was, we always saw the talent. No matter how he was perceived, we always saw the talent. Whether he came out in a dirty gray shirt, whether he came out as the red and black bludgeon character, whatever you want to call that, he, he took it and made it work. 
Like he just was that he was that special. And when AEW actually gave him a microphone and a chance to speak, it was like this 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 is unreal. How long this was hidden, how long this talent was hidden. Because literally it took two to three weeks to realize how special he was from a wrestling standpoint. And then hearing all of the stories from, as you guys said, from every single wrestler, from all of the talent that he worked with about how special of a human he was to realize that all we saw was the wrestler. And then they got to actually know John Huber. It, it, it was, it was gut wrenching, man. And honestly, it took the whole show to really realize just how, how, how special wrestling can be for all of us because this was just something I think I even said it when we were just having a conversation just knowing that no matter how good any episode of wrestling gets this is probably going to be the most memorable one that I'll ever remember just because of how how deep this was that we've been following this man for so many years we've been following him for so long and we saw him at his highest peak at his highest peak, when he became the exalted one, when he had that phenomenal dog collar match, when we knew that he, the sky was the limit for him, we knew the, the AEW championship was coming to him. We knew it was coming. It was literally, it was like, oh my God, his talent has finally been fully, fully exposed. And he is just phenomenal with it and and yo that's that's sweater is fucking dope i i that's that sweater that sweater ness is dope as shit like but um as far as favorite moments of his um it started to really break out for me when they had the rivalry with the shield like it really just started for me with the whole shield rivalry because no matter how people felt about the wyatt or the shield they put on fucking clinics and it was fucking a beauty to watch. Like I could that's one of those rivalries that I literally didn't mind seeing that match happen like seven, eight times. I had no problems whatsoever seeing that match as many times as as possible. And to end off the night, like you're never gonna forget any of this stuff. Like to end off the night with negative one standing there crowned as the forever TNT champion in honor of his legendary father. It, it's and, and shouts, shouts to him, man. He, yo, he, that's hard to be put in the spotlight, to be put on national TV, knowing that over a million people is probably going to be watching you to just be that strong, to be that courageous. And you, you just, as, as parents, I'm pretty sure you guys just know how amazing that must feel just to see how strong that kid was in that moment and that whole night because he was a part of AEW fully that night. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, he showed a lot of poise. We're going to talk about in-depth uh, the tribute show for AEW Dynamite shortly, but to give my thoughts on uh, finding out, I, I woke up, I, you know, I tried to go to sleep early to keep track with my, with my kids because they go to sleep early, so I try to go to sleep early as well so I'm not, you know, woken up in the middle of my sleep at least <laughs> sometimes with them but uh i woke up because my daughter woke up and then i just was going through my phone looking at twitter and i saw the post from aew like literally minutes after it was posted and i was like in shock 
Like, I was just like, I, I just looked at my, my girl and I was like, yeah, Brody Lee just passed away. She was like, what? And it was just, it was just one of the biggest surprise. And then immediately you saw the outpouring of adoration from fans, from his colleagues in WWE, as well as AEW and how much uh, he meant to them, not only just as a performer, but as a man. And that literally elevated the you know the the sadness that I had thinking about his family and then going on Instagram and reading the posts from his wife and just how unfortunate and the fact that we're living in a time where she you know even though we should respect her privacy she had to put out there that it was a non-COVID uh, related issue because that would that's people's natural assumption when it comes to this stuff but I immediately thought of her I immediately thought of his uh, thought of his kids because you know being a father it makes you just like that's like one of the scariest things to leave your family behind and think about them think about who's going to take care of them so i know for someone who you saw so many times people say is such a family man that's probably the first thing that he was thinking of when he got you know when he was in his condition at the near the the end of his life but you know just thinking about his career i, I you know Ness kind of saw him he talked about seeing him in the chikara my first time seeing him was in ring of honor so i've kind of seen his career for over a decade now and wow. he came in as you know just under jimmy jacobs in the age of the fall and then from there seeing him in like fcw and nxt with the wyatt family it was just a natural progression and it kind of interlocked his career before wwe and then into wwe because he went from one coat to another and then and, you know, the Wyatt family, you know, Bray Wyatt was good. He had Eli Cottonwood before Luke Harper came in. But that's when Bray Wyatt's character really became larger than life, when he was uh, associated with Luke Harper. And then, you know, getting Eric Rowan, then winning the tag team titles in NXT. I got to see all of that. That was like the, the first picture of the NXT that we know of today. It was the Wyatt family. It was one of the first things that I saw from that. And then their transition. I was so hyped for their debut on the main roster. And, you know, the, the like like uh, JJ said, the six-man with the shield is one of the greatest multi-man matches that I've ever seen in my life. Just the energy of the crowd before these guys even touch. The, this is awesome. And then he, him and Seth Rollins were really the MVPs of that match because they kind of were the glue that held everything together. Seth being getting the spotlight with the hot tag and then him on the other side being the big man who kind of dominated the action but also could sell. And he just had, you know, from the beginning, from his Ring of Honor career to the WWE career, he just had such a presence. He could be a, a big man and do the power moves and use his strength. But at the same time, he had the agility to do suicide dives and just so much athleticism. And then, you know, he had the, the, the great run in 2014, like Ness said, you know, from the match with the Shield to the end of the year versus Dolph Ziggler in the, t in the latter match at TLC to the 5-on-5 the, um, five five with w WWE versus The Authority at Survivor Series, his role in that, his, the tag team match with the Usos, the two out of three falls with him and Eric Rowan versus the Usos at Battle Club uh, uh, Battleground 2014. He just had so many great matches in 2014 that was the whole reason why people wanted more for him in wwe and then i have to also think about 2017 when he should have been in that matchup with randy orton and bray wyatt at wrestlemania 33 because he was the hottest character 
in that whole story. Like, he came back at No Mercy in 2016, and then the whole arc, it was all about him finally overcoming and finally getting out of the shadow of Bray Wyatt, realizing that Randy Orton was a snake in the family. Like, he was the star of that storyline. That that's why fans felt robbed when he wasn't involved in that match at WrestleMania 33. And then to go now to the last, like, seven, eight months, with him in, in uh, AEW, this felt like finally, just finally for all the fans that have been fans of him for the past decade or five or six years, it feels like, felt like finally he's getting the spotlight that he deserves. And for him to be a part of the Dark Order, another cult, but this time he's the leader and he's elevating the Dark Order and right in front. And Dark Order was just in a place where it was not good. Like they had so many segments that were panned by wrestling fans and he just came in and he made them more. He made them an actual stable. It made people realize, Oh, Stu Grayson is so underrated. He's such a great talent. Oh, evil Uno is so great on the mic. Oh, John Silver is a baby face and a top star in the making. Anna Jay just started her career, but she has so much talent. He just put the spotlight on everyone around him. And, you know, even though he came in, to AEW to kind of get the spotlight that he never got in WWE, he was able to shine the spotlight on everyone else around him. And I think that, you know, just as wrestling fans, I think he's going to be truly missed being in front of the camera to all of us. And we, I, I think that, you know, we wish that his life could have went on because we, we all realized there was going to be so much more. And I just go back and I have to, you know, I made the thumbnail for this for this uh, True Hill Heat when he won the TNT Championship against Cody. In my eyes, now more than ever, that's the one of the greatest endings to a weekly wrestling TV show that I've ever seen. Just just how much he dominated Cody, him achieving that goal and having what he said, you know, Warlord said in uh, his trip uh to him he said to cody it was the greatest night of his career and it was one of the greatest like endings to a wrestling tv show that i ever seen and to see the dark order so dominant him laying out cody laying out brandy and then that leads to the dark collar match and so many great promos before that dark crawler match Brody Lee is definitely going to be missed greatly. So we definitely want to dedicate uh, this edition of True Hill Heat to his family, to his life, to his career. Um, I think there's just you know so much that we can we could talk about with him. Uh, just the greatness of him in front of the camera. But like uh, all of you guys have said, just the outpouring of love and adoration. I've never seen this for any wrestler. And from Big E to to Seth Rollins to Bray Wyatt to Randy Orton to everyone from AEW, you just know how much of a great human being that he was. And it just elevates how he's viewed to us in retrospect. But we also have to discuss, you know, some of the not so good things that have come out of you know the whole passing of Brody Lee I don't know if all of you guys have been made aware but um I really don't want to say his name but we have to touch on it uh PW Torch former contributor and writer of 30 years Bruce uh Mitchell he wrote an article basically asking questions and being someone that's really new into wrestling journalism, I don't I don't like to criticize any journalists because I realize it's a tough job. I realize that it's hard to kind of get your foothold into anything. But 
this was one of the po most poorly written pieces of garbage that I've ever seen in my life. From misspelling his uh, Brody Lee's name to asking questions when the job of a journalist is to get the answers. It, it was just a one of the most uh, disgusting things that I've ever seen a wrestling journalist do. And he basically speculated that AEW and uh, Amanda Huber, the, the widow of John Huber, were not being forthcoming with and not being transparent about what actually happened to him, which led to Amanda Huber putting out a Instagram post basically expressing how much she was hurt by this, that she, she literally put in her original post that it was a non-COVID related issue because she didn't want those type of questions out there. And this gentleman decided to just put it out there. You know, he begged for transparency in the wrestling world, just like the major league sports, but he picked the wrong situation to do it on. And he literally did it not even 24 hours after the death of uh, Brody Lee. He has, he has recently been uh, fired from his job at PW Torch. That article, that article was removed from, P from PW Torch. He then doubled down on the article. He said he stuck by every word that he wrote. And then he reposted the article on a different website. From there, he had other wrestling journalists such as Sean Rotsap come out and just publicly reprimand him for how he was doubling down on such a poorly written piece of work and such a poorly timed piece of work. And he has left the Twitter, the, the Twitter universe. So I know, Ness, you're more familiar than anyone on the panel about this article. What was your thoughts on the article and the... Uh, you know, the backlash to that. Fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> honestly, straight up. Like like you said, not even 24 hours removed from his passing and you're already posting garbage on the internet for fucking hits and likes and just... It, what people do is sell their soul for some fucking clout. Like, it's, it's, it's terrible. <clears throat> and like you said, Amanda Huber just put out there initially it, it was non-COVID related. This has been going on since, um, well, made knowledge to us since about uh, sometime in October. That's when he was has been off of TV, you know, and he he passes in in December. So, but usually the the COVID uh, the time frame for that is about like two weeks, like fourteen, ten to fourteen days. So just that alone, it just shows that it really didn't have nothing to do with that at all. And then just some random dude coming out of left field making all these crazy claims and, and like, you know, it was unnecessary. It really wasn't necessary, you know, not to say that he should have done it anyway, but like 24 hours, I give it, like give it a week or so, like a little bit longer, you know, let the family, let the family grieve, let the fans grieve, like let them get over the situation before you start your bullshit. Don't do it a day after everything starts, you know, and I'm glad he was removed from his position with PW Torch. I'm glad that he has gotten off of the Twitter, um, the Twitter universe, because if with the right people on there, they definitely would have ran him off prior, you know, just a whole lot of hate mail and stuff like that. And that's another, and you know, that's not anything good as well, but you know, when you bring that negative energy into the universe, you get it back a hundred times full. And I'm glad I'm a hundred percent glad that this is the result of, his extreme um, distaste, distasteful article and, you know, just pushing that narrative like, oh, it's, uh, you know, 
they need an AW and Amanda Huber needs to tell us information. Like they don't have to tell us anything to be completely honest. They don't have to tell us anything at all. It's really none of our business. What we know is, you know, someone that we cherish and adored and had a whole lot of admiration for isn't here. So let's just focus on, you know, trying to better ourselves for the situation. And, you know, let's be here for one another. Don't come out here doing all this, you know, just, just, it was just so trashy. And I'm just glad that, you know, hopefully he'll be a figment of our imaginations from here on out. We won't have to hear about this guy ever again, because this is, that's exactly what he deserves. Couldn't say better myself. I, I was really like, I was really conflicted upon, like I, I clicked on it just to see what it was about. Um, and just like, just, just the speculation. It was all it was was really just speculating on everything when you should not I understand he's a public figure, but let the people, like you said, grieve. Let them mourn the the death of their father, of their husband, of their friend. Don't just put that out there like immediately. Like it is a hard job to be a wrestling journalist and you have to ask the hard hitting question. But this wasn't the hard hitting question and this wasn't the time to do it. And yeah. for AEW, that's a company that has been very transparent and forthright with information when it comes to anything COVID related. It just didn't make any sense to to die on that hill. And he's dead. He's yeah. definitely dead on that hill. <laughs> So, uh, any any thoughts about this from uh, Chrissy or Top Guy JJ? Don't give him no shine. That's all. That, that we we talk, we're doing too much by talking but talking about him and it. So, this is why we. This is why I love you, Chrissy. We literally have been on this subject way too long. Fuck him. We really don't need to spend this much time on him. It's twenty twenty one. Literally, we gave the man all the roses and we gave him all the accolades. And for anybody to tear him down, they could just burn in hell. Understand and respect that. So we got Richie Moon in the live chat here saying one of my favorite wrestling characters rest in power to Brody Lee. He also uh, states that uh, BTE got the Dark Order over. Um, what was I, I honestly? I don't know if you guys have seen it. Be in the Elite this week. It probably was my favorite episode of uh, BTE. Just chronicling his uh, work on there as the Exalted One. You know, I know he got a lot of uh, heat among the WWE fans for his portrayal of uh, a Vicic Man <laughs> a Vicic Man type of character, but I love this. This is honest. It was honestly my favorite Brody Lee character, the Mr. Brody Lee, and the fact that it got people like John Silver over was tr was great. Um, any favorite BTE moments with, uh, with Brody Lee? My personal favorite, I will say, is uh, the Sue skit. With uh, with Trent's mom Sue, when uh, she comes into the Dark Order's uh, office and throws the papers and completely misses uh, John Silver, and you could see like Brody Lee cracking a smile, just great stuff. It was just uh, a, a hilarious moment there. How about you, Ness? Oh uh, man, one of my favorites was like the whole bit where the running gag with Griff Garrison slash Jungle Boy situation where they were trying to. Uh, bring uh, Jungle Boy into the Dark Order, but it was Griff Garrison, and everybody's like, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? And that was just going on for, like, a couple episodes. That was that was, that was, that was funny as hell, man. Gotta give him that. Uh, you, uh, Top Cat JJ? Listen, man, anybody, anybody that has any shit to say about ribbing, this is literally it's just ribbing. It's having fun. 
This is what BTE, yo, BTE, they've been doing this for over 200 episodes, having fun. And Brody Lee and his and his vignettes and whatever you want to call them, because he seems to be angry all the fucking time. So actually seeing him crack a smile on that shit was actually kind of like, oh shit, yeah, he's breaking it. But this is what it is. It is like literally just, it's like us. It's unfiltered. It's li- it's literally what it's supposed to be. Like that's this is the purpose of it. They get ten to ten to fifteen minutes to do whatever the fuck they want. Just shoot the shits, have fun, and yo, know, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't listen. I'm not accepting any of this negative negative thoughts or any of this backlash shit in 2021 yet. No, I'm not accepting it. I'm not even gonna play into its hands at all. Yep. Well, absolutely. That's why we are celebrating and talking about the good times that uh, Burton was able to, able to share with us on BTE, whether in front of the camera with WWE, my favorite thing about him is those goddamn suits. His suits was fire. He was clean. Yeah, uh, yeah I love, I love, I love the Eddie Eddie Kingston saying that he used to call it the Harry Potter jackets. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. But yeah, so we. We want to send our deepest condolences to Brody Lee, uh, John Hubert's uh, family, his friends. Uh, he was a great man, and we actually uh, put in the description for this video uh, the website uh, shopaew.com. You could purchase the new Brody Lee shirt, and all the proceeds will go to Brody Lee's uh, family. So that's what it's all about, honestly. It's all about showing love to uh, Brody Lee and to his family, and of course, like take care of his family because they're the ones that are obviously suffering, suffering the most from out of this. But we we had to talk and dedicate the first portion of this episode to the memory of John Hubert aka Brody Lee. And the thing about the thing about realizing that is that you'd never realize what they're dealing with mm-hmm. to entertain us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to provide for their families. Like you just don't know. Like we don't know. Like we don't even know what we're dealing with to entertain you guys and to entertain to and then we have to get to our families and we don't it, it, it's just literally this mixed bag of tricks that they're just constantly dealing with in life and i think that we just literally having to learn to give people roses while they can still smell them right because you know he and i think he was getting those roses i really do think that he was getting those because he was so acknowledged he was so respected he was so respected the Mm -hmm. minute that he stepped foot into AEW for those months but just give people roses while they can still smell them, man, because he, you just don't know what people are dealing with. To have a dog collar match with, with, with Cody Rose and, and then not even knowing what that condition was, if it was prior to that match, if it was after, we just don't know. And, and that's just the sacrifice that these guys make for us. And we have the nerve to actually make comments or gestures about them. It, it, it's just, wow, you know. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. It's it tells you that life is too short, and you gotta appreciate the people around you. I know when I found out about Brody's uh, passing, I hugged my daughter, hugged my son, I kissed kissed my girl, and I was very appreciative of my family because you never know. You never know when it's gonna when it's gonna end. We got 
Uh, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, in the in the live chat saying, "R.I.P. Mr. Brody Lee, gone too soon. Couldn't say it better myself, sir." So yes, like I said, this episode is for Brody Lee. That is the title. The thumbnail is him winning the TNT Championship. So this episode is all about and dedicated to the to the life and career of Brody Lee. But we also got to talk about other things going on throughout the wrestling world. We have to also send a RIP to Dan, the uh, legendary wrestler Danny Hodge, who also passed away uh, this week. Uh, Danny Hodge is one of probably like a, a pioneer of the of the wrestling industry honestly uh a former nwa junior heavyweight champion uh he's also have it right here in my notes he will be remembered as a true trailblazer in the professional wrestling world and the only man to ever win national titles in both wrestling and boxing so he's out wow. uh, a Hall of Famer in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame as well as the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers to his family and friends as well. But, guys, we got to get into the usual flow of things on True Hill Heat 106. Uh, we have to start off things with our True Hill Roll Call. This is where we shout out you, the subscribers, our supporters on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, as well as across social media. Of course, you see down below, like this video, share this video with all your wrestling fans and friends. Push the subscribe button. Uh, you can get all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. Also, press the bell and press all so you always get a notification when we have these live True Hill Heat podcasts as well as any new videos that are up on our channel. We start off things with the Negro Bucks themselves, the Nick Jacksons of the world, the top three uh, conversation starters on our True Hills group page, the True Hill Trinity. Coming in at number three is your boy, uh, top guy JJ and yours, uh, Chrissy Love, JMC, Jason Michael Campbell in the top three. Yes, two weeks in a row, Jason Michael Campbell. <laughs> okay, okay. Coming in at number two, we have Charles Kirkhoff. And coming in at number one, once again, I think this is three weeks straight now, James Wims. Nice. My, man is, my man is heading to that to that retirement ceremony, man. He's he, he trying to get there, yo. He's trying to get to, to 200 as, as, as he, so he can get, get the next retirement. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of crew fields that we got to shout out. Amp, Mick, Lennon, Dominic. Uh, Lewis Jaden. Uh, we also got jo uh, Joshua Smith, South Phoenix, and Omar MA up on our Twitter page over there. Our YouTube subscriber highlight, Kwame Shafir. Uh, he says on True Hill Heat 105, I will say the WWE's women's wrestling breakout star of 2020 is definitely Raquel Gonzalez. She's one of those rare powerhouse type of women in wrestling. She definitely had her true coming out party during the 2020 NXT Women's War Games match, which she was the first woman to pin Io Shirai clean in months and our king of the comments section kfa tactics uh comments uh on true rewind 33 talking about the death of danny hodge today was sad to hear about and then we lost brody lee as well what a shitty end to the year as top guy jj definitely echoed in that response with everything 
you know, we are all glad that 2020 is gone and 2021 hopefully is a better, uh, more blessed and happier year for all of us. But next up, we're going to what we missed and we're going to start off things with the Wednesday Night Wars. How about that? You know, starting up up a little bit different uh, this week. We're going to start off things... With the Wednesday Night Wars, Miss Chrissy Love, we're going to get to the ratings, so you know what to do. Hit the drums. So, for week 60 of the Wednesday Night Wars... This is a... a, We already know, like... (laughs) Of course, AEW Dynamite with 977,000 viewers, one of the highest rated uh, shows of the year to WWE NXT with 596,000 viewers down significantly from uh, last week. Uh, the NXT last week did 698,000 while AEW did 775. Of course, AEW did have the Brody Lee tribute show. So we're not going to ask you guys what was the better show this week. We're just going to ask you for your thoughts on each show. First up, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite with an absolute perfect tribute show to Brody Lee with a touching video recapping his career at the end of the show as well as as Top Guy JJ said earlier they gave his son the TNT championship so he could be champion forever my good friend Alex McCarthy said on Wrestling Daily interviewed him when uh, Brody Lee had stolen the AEW championship from John Moxley uh, in the build up to Double or Nothing that his son slept with the AEW world championship and then when he won the TNT championship his son slept with that so now Hit, uh, Brody, Brody Lee Jr. can sleep with the TNT Championship forever as they are retiring the current design, uh, giving it to Brody Lee Jr. And there will be a new design uh, made for Darby Allen to continue being champion. The main event was Brody Lee Jr., a.k.a. Negative One's dream match with his favorites Cody, Cody Rhodes, uh, Orange Cassidy, and 10 of the Dark Order defeating Team Taz. One of the absolute best tribute matches to a fallen wrestler of all time happened on this show as John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Hangman Page defeated MJF, Santana, and Ortiz with Eric Redbeard, a.k.a. Eric Rowan, making an appearance to stop Wario from interfering and Negative One nailing MJF in the head with a kendo stick after MJF was an absolute dick the entire matchup. Uh, Lance Archer in full Luke Harper attire teamed with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson to defeat Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. You had Anna Jay and Tay Conti defeating Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. And honestly, Anna Jay and Tay Conte's best match that I've ever seen those two ladies in. And finally, you had Cole Cabana and the Young Bucks defeat Matt Hardy and Private Party. What was your guys' thoughts on this tribute show? And what was your favorite moment? Or match of that night. Let's start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. Um, just first of all, shout out when you think AEW can't just do better, they just keep on doing more. Like you're going to retire a belt that you even haven't had that took a while to even receive for us to see it, and now you're going to completely wipe it away and give it to this little boy who what like that's not his dream to have a real. Like one of the legit belts from a company. And he got to sleep with it in his own bed. Like that's 
amazing, first of all, okay? Um, but what a show. Again, first of all, they, they, they took the whole thing off. They, they said, you know, we're doing everything that's going to be for him. There was no, like, second guess, and they, they put that out right away when they made the announcement. The whole show is going to be dedicated to him. No, nothing else. Like, there's no going, pussyfooting around, anything, and nothing like that. MJF, wow. Like, he's not, he didn't, there's no off button, you know? It's just, that's just him. And it's like, he, you know, I love him. So, for the, for his son to hit him in the head with a candlestick, just, just amazing. Like, that, it was, that, it was just a beautiful show. Can't say that it was, that I was not crying, because how could you not cry for that show? Come on. Um, the show was amazing. Like, regardless of what was happening. Like, I couldn't watch both shows at the same time. I had to watch one after the other. And the show was just, like, each match, like, each, every, the whole, like, I, there was nothing bad about the show. There's nothing, like, from, from beginning. And then you knew what you was going to be in for when you was going to watch that show. You knew that they were going to do something where you're going to be like, damn. Like, you had the box of tissue just waiting um, and his son that is so brave and he, and all the guys that are there, like chair, he's in the crowd. Like everyone was cheering him on. Like it, he had the mask on, he had the suit on, like it was just perfection. Like th there's not, I can go on and on, but I'm, I'm not, but perfection. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, uh, Brittany Lee Jr. was the MVP of this episode in my eyes. He just so showed so, so much strength throughout the episode kind of like just being there for his mom when his mom was crying uh to to being in being in the front row when when mjf takes off his mask he's hiding his face like he's a real luchador and, and but still getting the kendo sick like he was just pitch perfect in everything he he did on this show he was great we got raging jay in the live chat he says hey my african-americans and then he also says r.i.p brody he said gonna drink in his honor i think drop guy jj is doing the same tom guy jj what was your thoughts on the brody lee tribute show sheer sheer perfection in a sense that you literally have received the most predictable show that you can receive, but that's usually a good thing because when fans have something perceived and they deliver exactly what you perceive, that's all we want. Like that's literally nothing more, nothing extra. Just do what our minds are gravitating to. And that is exactly what they did from, from top to bottom to, 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 to the beautiful dedications from Chris Jericho to Eddie Kingston to to my goodness how many how many other guys that we had speaking on on his behalf and it was just a thing of beauty just to see how many people was just not only touched by him but just these were real comments and these were real things said by real people that just really more spoke about him as a man and they let the in-ring work do the dedication of his in-ring attitude. So it's like, it was just a beautiful combination of it all. Like literally every single match had its awesome moments. I am not I, to, to be biased to anything. And my, to me, the best match. And to me, it, it, it was very close. It was very close, but that, that bucks and Colt Cabana match with 
private party and Matt was fucking and y'all know how I feel about Matt Hardy. But that <laughs> that match was fun. It was so good. It was so good. And having John Silva come out with that with that Brody outfit looking like a fucking farmer. Because when you're like 12 yeah, inches yeah. shorter, when you're yeah. like 12 inches shorter, 12 to 14 inches shorter, that outfit looks completely different. <laughs> like, he looked like a little bus boy and shit. And then it was like, you know, it looked like a little trucker going to get his 18-wheeler. But it, it just fit. Like, everything just fit. And and, and, and like everything hit something different. Like, you know, my man, when MJF came out with, 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 with proud and powerful that he turned around and, you know, our, our true hill, Chris G was like, my man has finally been adopted. <laughs> like, it's like ev- it hit everybody in its own way. And that's what I mean. Perfection. And just how it, cause there is, and with all due respect, I didn't watch NXT at all because I really was. That was just not, I didn't feel like NXT. And it's not, and it's not to NXT's fault. It's just I knew what AEW was doing. We knew what they were doing. And I just wanted to give that my full attention. Um, and it was just absolute. And just to see how, how negative one, just how his behavior was for the entire show. How, I have never seen a kid, a boy, so composed in my life. Like he, like he, he looks built, truly built for the business. Like you're literally looking at Dominic Part Two, and it, and it's like yeah. you're just seeing him ushered in, and he you could just see it. Ten years down the line, you gonna see it. You just gonna. It's just it's just one of those things. Like how my man Thanos, he's inevitable. Absolutely great. Uh, very well said. I, yeah, the, the Cole Cabana Young Bucks versus the Hardy Party was Cole Cabana's best performance in AEW. What? Probably, probably his best in a couple of years. He was just on another level. But that kind of set the tone for the rest of the match where these guys are professional wrestlers. Yeah. And, you know, before the bell, you saw Cole Cabana with the emotion. His eyes all red yeah. and flying. And finally, finally, there, there was a lot of storytelling throughout the show as well with him finally doing the dark order uh, uh pose not doing the wave he finally did the dark order pose uh stuff like Heyman page finally standing with the dark order like this was a perfect tribute show because it wasn't like you know like the you know eddie guerrero owen hart they got great tribute shows but those are like standalone shows that didn't fit within the whole like story of wwe at this time <laughs> perfectly fit in everything like i i was getting upset a little bit with the knee-jerk reactions on social media during the show like people getting upset when the acclaim came out they're still building to other things so the acclaim came out they immediately got their their ass handed to them everybody beat them up they got them out the way eddie kingston saying oh the dark order will be nothing without brody he got his he got his ass handed to him and got jake the snake roberts with a short arm arm lariat and then MJF was the best heel, and he you needed a bad guy on this show. Yes. He was just perfect in every way possible and got his comeuppance with uh, negative one, giving him the Kendo six shot. I I will say, like, I never felt that many emotions watching one match like I did with the John Silver, Alex Alex mm-hmm. Reynolds, and Hangman Page versus MJF, Santana, and all that was, that was, that was, 
that's why I called that. That's the that was in my eyes the unquestionable match of the night because it hits you on so many levels. Like you got the comedy with MJF coming out with the Puerto Rican gear and the bandana. You got the comedy of him, him, him picking on on uh, negative one, but you still been booing him because you're like, oh, he, he's got to get his come ups. He's got to get his come. The happiness of seeing negative one hit him with the candlestick. The shock of seeing Eric Redbeard come out out of nowhere. Like, like I don't think he'll ever get a pop as loud at home or in the arena like he like he got on this night and then just uh John Silver showing himself to be a top star to be a top babyface his comeback was phenomenal and he just he, like like JR said it on commentary this guy's a hell of a white meat babyface like yes he is 100% like he was the star of the show and then him hitting the discus lariat yeah. and immediately bawling crying his eyes out and then seeing Eric Rowan ball his eyes out and having the sign goodbye for now like that was Manufeet, that was just perfection in every way of a tribute match. We got in the live chat, Abinaf uh, says, R.I.P. Brody, John Silver match got me in the fields. It got all of us in the fields, sir, 100%. Yeah, that, 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 was just, that, was just, that was just pure tribune, man. It was just pure tribune. And that, it's just one of those nights, man, it's just like every, like, everything is going to hit everyone different. That was just a, a thing of, of beauty. It, and It also shows you that wrestlers are humans, and they are yeah. sad. Like, they, 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 they went out there to do their job, but it was hard for people to hold back their emotions. So that's why they just let it go. So, like, for you to see Hangman Page, like, you, like to see, like, yeah. he had a drink, like, he's still character, but you, so you could tell, like, he's, but, like, going to miss their friend. Yeah. Chris Jericho hit it perfectly at the very beginning of the show. He said, grown men will cry during this show, and it is perfectly fine. It is. Grown men will cry all night. And that is literally, it's like, yo, I... I tried to hold in, man. I tried. But once negative came out and dropped the boots, oh my God, that shit hit. Like, that is like, yo, if that didn't stop you and whatever you was doing, just, I, you need to check your soul. Because that moment, him standing in the ring with the boots, with the purple bandana, receiving the TNT championship, watching how proud Amanda was in the background. Like, just to see your son standing there so strong and just to see that, oh, my God, there's nothing that can create that. There's no it, – it just props just to wrestling in general, just to be able to just give us a moment like that in such a dark situation. Like, they, they just put such a beautiful light on such a beautiful person and such a beautiful family. Yep. Beautiful tribute. Nice. What was your thoughts and your highlight of the night on AEW Dynamite? Oh, man. Everybody's talking about crying. So one thing comes to mind, because I definitely cried watching this, but in the back of my mind, Mr. Brody from BTE, are you fucking crying? You fucking crying, <laughs> little bitch? Like, it's just, and that would make me laugh. Like, I was just watching. I just had to throw that in there. But the general consensus is perfect. Like, it's unanimous. Literally, was a perfect night. Um, you, I want to piggyback off of what uh, JJ said earlier about people knowing how the show was going to be because it was dedicated to him. It had a Dark Order member in every match. Mm. But the thing was, I feel that the Dark Order members shined in all their spots 
throughout the whole night, which made the story, like just everything come together. Um, definitely had everybody in the emotions and in the feels just for the situation, but the actual matches were good as well. So that was like, ex like truly a tribute to him as a person. And then just the, the, the business that he loved, they went out there because he would go out there every night and perform to the best of his abilities. And I feel as though that every dark order member went out there tonight or that night and performed to the best of their abilities. So like it, it all came together. Um, it was just real heartwarming. And then seeing uh, the uh, little Brody Jr. and Amanda at the end, man, like it was it definitely hit you in the feels. It was a very emotional moments, like just throughout the whole night. But it was just a beautiful episode. And just kudos to everyone involved. And, you know, just can't give it any more praise. You know, just keep praising it. Just keep praising it. But it's like it'll never be enough. It was just a, a perfect show. Yeah, so like that's what I said. Like it wasn't about uh, what was the better show this week because you know you you can't compete with that type of show. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 yeah. they they would even say it's not about ratings. Like, yeah, just yeah, 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 and I love I love what AEW did. I'm not sure if people paid attention to it on Instagram. I love how many comeback replies they had to fans when constantly fans kept saying AEW is better. AEW is better numerous replies from AEW wrestling themselves. It is not about that. It yeah. is not about that. This occasion is not about who's the better company. This was about the celebration of a beautiful person that touched everyone in the wrestling world. So the winners of the night were wrestling fans. Fans, yep. Like that that is and literally and yeah, and of course, I mean, it's hard to say the family because they lost their, they they lost one of their their core pieces. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that because Brody, Brody Lee Jr. had the yeah, I know the message. I know the message. Though, know. Even though even though he had to be hurting, losing his father, you could tell that kid was out He's there proud. at the time proud. of his life. He had wow. such a yes. great time, and that continued on New Year's Eve. If you saw with him defending the TNT championship against Top Flight, he beat up Adam Cole, who was at the AEW New Year's Eve uh, party. This kid is, you know, the any any pendum after the disc is Larry. Yes, yes, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, having, he's just. They're trying to keep his mind off of what's really going on, and that just showed you that the wrestling community can come together to big up WWE. They let AEW have Use their the show, and right. then they and they let them. They didn't say. I hope they don't do anything as far as them using the pictures, but. I, what I'm bigging up WWE for is them letting AEW do the tribute show first, and then the following day they release their own tribute to to Luke Harper with comments from Xavier Woods, uh, Tyson Kidd, uh, Jason Jordan, like great, beautiful, touching tribute from WWE as well. So you have to give them credit, but. Speaking of WWE, there was another show on Wednesday, WWE NXT. Uh, we had Johnny Gargano defeating uh, Leon Ruff to defend the North American Championship, him finally breaking uh, the curse of the Gargano, even though he saw a black hat and broke a mirror and <laughs> walked under a ladder. We had the year-end awards with Io Shirai winning the overall competitor and female competitor of the year. Adam Cole won the male competitor of the year. 
Undisputed Era won the Tag Team of the Year, and Balor Balor versus O'Reilly won Match of the Year, which is a blast for me because Walter and Julia <laughs> Dragunov was on that ballot, and that's the match I voted for, so more people should have. Um, we also had Pete Dunne defeating Roderick Strong in a good match. We had a lot of setup for New Year's Evil next week with strong promos from Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, Karrion Cross, and a vignette hyping the fight pit match between Thatcher and Ciampa, as well as the last woman standing match between Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. I will say they did a good job hyping the show but one thing i can criticize about this episode and i really liked this this segment i mean i'm just gonna put that out there the rhea ripley and raquel gonzalez video package but it just didn't make any sense that a week before their final match you tell us they were best friends like what when when, whenever when have that ever happened they have had they have matching tattoos why is this being brought up the week before their final match? Why this wasn't brought up the week before their first match? This feud has been going on for three months. Like, what? Huh? It just... Yeah, I just had to get that uh, out the way. It was a pretty good... It's so annoying. It's stupid. Like, you do, you, they do stuff backwards. They main <laughs> rostered themselves. They they really are. They really are. Uh, it seems like they they have to main roster them. It, it you know NXT I heard is um is is booked ahead of time. Unlike you know uh, WWE main roster, a lot of them Raw, SmackDown, and whatnot. But stuff like that just makes you feel like was this like written like right before the show? Because it would make more sense if it was. Uh, yeah, but we have to move on to next week, which is going to be AEW New Year's Smash Night 1, as well as NXT New Year's Evil. NXT New Year's Evil is going to have the NXT Championship matchup between Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. NXT Cruiserweight Championship matchup with Santos Escobar versus uh, Grand Matalik. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, you love your Mexicans, Ness. Uh, last woman standing match, like I said, with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. Fight pit match with Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross going one on one with Damian Priest. AEW New Year Smash Night One is going to have the AEW World Championship matchup between Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix, which they've already promoted might be the match of the year for 2021. AEW Women's Championship match with Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon, the Young Bucks versus Young Bucks and SEU versus the acclaimed and TH2, Cody Rhodes versus Matt Seidel, Jake Hager versus Wardlow, John Moxley will return, Chris Jericho will be on commentary. And they will have the special guest. Huh? I love him on commentary. He's great. He's, a, he's, a, he's great, yeah. He's, he's great on commentary. He's a natural. Yeah. yeah. This is, that's his future career, for sure. That's and then fun, finally, Snoop Dogg will appear on, uh, on AEW this coming <laughs> week. So since we aren't doing what was the better show for the week... Off of those lineups, which show will you be watching more? I know we're going to all watch probably both shows, but which show are you going to be watching more? We'll start with you, Ness. I'm looking forward to Dynamite. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch Dynamite first. And then, because there are some matches on New Year's Evil that I do want to see. Definitely want to see Grand Metal League versus uh, Santos Escobar. And I definitely want to see um, Kyle O'Reilly versus, uh, was he facing Fenn again? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. And I think, look, Karrion Cross. I got to see if Karrion Cross 
and finally have oh, a good come match. on, man. <laughs> come come on, man. Good I was following you until you brought that bullshit no, off. No, I got to see if the match actually Did you see that up. crap that, yo, I, that was the only shot I saw was that stupid, yo. They can't even handle fucking a battle outside of the ring properly. That yeah, shit is going to be a good. fucking disaster. <laughs> Come on, come on, son. Come on, son. Handle fucking outside ring bumps properly. Yeah. They fucking double stepping and can't even do that right. <laughs> and I'm expect a good match, please. <laughs> Miss me right, with bullshit. All right, I'm going back to Dynamite. Let me go to Dynamite. <laughs> I definitely want to look. F- I'm definitely been looking forward to Jake Hager and Warlow because at first. I wanted to see them team up, but seeing them be adversaries is a lot better. So yeah. I'd rather, I definitely want to see those two go in the ring. Like, that's definitely going to be a, a sleeper match. I think a lot of people probably don't expect a lot, but I think they're going to they're gonna do fairly decent. But Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega, that's going to be a match of the night. I, I've like, seen it. No I've seen it live in Poughkeepsie, and I'm looking forward the, to them living up to that expectation. Uh, let's go to you, Top Guy JJ. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely catch highlights of NXT. I mean, definitely. There's no way I'm not going to see the Finn and Kyle match. There's no way I'm not going to see Raquel and Rhea. The the Santos. That's, yeah, that match is going to be pretty. Like NXT New Year's Evil is going to be decent. It will. It will definitely be pretty good. Don't bring up that Damian Priest. Like the only, the only thing that the best thing about that entire match will probably be Karrion's entrance. Other than that, that match is going to be fucking. What about Damian? You don't like Damian Priest? You don't think nah, he can nah, I don't like Damian Priest's entrance that much anymore because he's literally they start the entrance and remember he's already in the ring. I'm like, how did y'all just kill off like eighty percent of his entrance? <laughs> like I liked it when he was actually behind the Titan Tron, and he 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 did the thing with his with his name in the back before he came strutting to the ring. They just cut all of that shit out and turned him into a fucking rocker, fucking slamming his fucking body into the like. They just cut like eighty percent of his entrance. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I guess y'all just don't want him out there that long. But they've been cutting a lot of entrances. It seems like on yeah, that. man. But I mean, NXT I'll catch the highlights, but AEW. Looks like they're just night. It, they they it's like they they have matches and then they have shit in between the matches. Like they're just gonna have two hours of good shit. Like it's it's literally just gonna be a stacked night for AEW. I mean, we know that the main event is probably gonna start at like nine thirty, so they're gonna meet all of that other stuff in in the first hour and a half, which is what makes incredible television because there's not gonna be a lot of filler in dynamite. Yeah. Even though New Year's Evil's coming, there will be some filler in there, and Karrion and Damien's match is definitely filler. Well, they got a lot. They got a lot on the card, though, to, to it for it not to be filler because because <laughs> I think I think I think the uh, the fight pit match should go long. The last woman standing match should I go hope so. long. I hope so. Uh, and and Ballard, that's probably open the show. I hope. I hope like the last woman standing. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, hope Damian, I hope Damien and Cross's matches like at like 926 and it goes for like three minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> you don't want to even give Carrie uh, uh, and Cross a chance. Anymore. No, because he took the title from Keith Lee in like six minutes and the shit was fucking trash. Yeah. And look what he's done to Keith Lee. This is Carrie and Cross's fault. 
Wow, come on. It's the bookies' fault. Not, not, not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> blame, he had, I'm blaming him until he has a good match. He still has yet to have a good match yet. Yeah, I see. I got to see. I think yeah, Damian Priest might be able to get one out of him. I think Damian Priest might be able Yo, to get one Damian out of him. Damian Priest has stepped his game all the way up in 2020. Yeah. 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 He was, he was, I did it for him for breakout. breakout car. Punishment Martinez. That dude, that dude from that sloppy dude from ROH. <laughs> and now look at him. He is a polished big man. Yeah. And, and now, now all we get is fucking side suplexes from Karrion Cross. Man, get that shit out of here, man. <laughs> Chrissy, where, where will you be watching? Um, I, I'm gonna watch both shows. Um, but on what I'm looking forward to, um, definitely looking forward to the last woman standing match. Finn and O'Reilly, they're gonna they're gonna kill it for sure. Just hope he don't break nobody else's jaw again. Um, but um, AEW is probably gonna be. Gr- I I would have preferred to have New Year's Evil as a pay per view show instead of a TV show. Because I feel like the pay-per-views are more, you got commercials and shit like that. I feel like they, they put more effort into the pay-per-views than on the TV show. They're only making this, on the, they're only doing this for the ratings. Well, they, they, do, good. they, they, do, they do good with their themed shows. Yeah, like, they, they, they Hollywood, do. Hollywood yeah. was one of their best uh, television shows of the year. Halloween Havoc was good. And even if not for nothing, Great American Bash wasn't that bad. Yeah. Great American yeah. Bash gave us EO versus Sasha. It did, but it, I mean, no, I agree with you. But just like I think, because it's on TV, they have the commercials in the during the matches. But yeah, like, he, on she the wrong. she definitely ain't wrong. But dude, because I definitely don't want to miss any. If I'm watching something like this, I don't want to miss any parts of the match. Right, where, like I get it. So I'm gonna have to like now. I'm gonna like I can't do whole like the whole picture and picture thing. I'm gonna have to like watch. This yeah, thing. that's just, that makes me turn the channel. <laughs> I don't. I don't do the anymore. It's too hard. So I respect you for still trying. To nah, do I, 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 I do. I do. <laughs> I do TV and laptop, man. I can't. I can't do. I, 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 I used to do that, but I can't even do that anymore because I miss. I miss a lot of NXT because I focus more on AEW naturally. So I watch AEW in the evening and then NXT in the morning. And cross. I mean, look, man, you got you got the ability to get up in the morning for that shit, man. I, if we doing True Hill Heat on motherfucking Thursday afternoon, as soon as I get out of work, man, my black ass got to watch both shows tonight. <laughs> like, I ain't got time to review that shit. I got to watch some shits, go to sleep, go to work, come and film, and give you the results. <laughs> Well, well, this is the this is why you like our viewers like our live streams because it gives you time to watch them. So we got in the live chat here, D Naz. He says, "Hey man, sold your channel through your Brody Lee tribute. Uh, great stuff. Yes, I was a part of Wrestle Talks Brody Lee tribute where I gave my thoughts on his uh passing. So shouts out to everyone at Wrestle Talk and shouts out to you, D Naz, for uh commenting here in the live chat. We also got in the live chat." William Cruz, he says R.I.P. Brody Lee, amazing tribute show by AEW and a class act by AEW for retiring the current TNT title design and making Brody Lee Jr. TNT champion for life. So beautiful. Great (laughs) comments by everyone in the live chat here. That's beautiful. Yes. Keep them coming. We we got a little bit more of the show to go through. 
Uh, so definitely become a part of the show by commenting in the live chat here. But we got to go through a couple of other uh, news notes or what we miss actually with uh, SmackDown this past week. Uh, actually, last night as we we're filming this, SmackDown uh, was the New Year's Day edition where it had Kevin Owens defeating Jay Uso in the main event. And he was yeah. then assaulted by Uso and uh, Roman Reigns following interrupting them in the opening segment. He had Carmelo, Carmella and uh, Bailey defeating Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair with Mella pinning the SmackDown Women's Champ after a distraction from Reginald. Oh, Chris, you must have loved that. Sommelier. <laughs> so they're going to continue that feud, huh? Uh, apparently so. Oh, uh, boy. So, so we just uh. saw the next 205 Live Star on SmackDown last night. Probably so. <laughs> he was flipping all over the place. Yeah, so yeah, he's been there for a minute now. And um, again, we talked about this last week where they pushed Carmella too easy, too fast. So now we're going to have them see them fight like two more times. I'm over it. <laughs> At least it'll be on SmackDown. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I guess that's the bright side for Miss uh, Chrissy Love. Uh, we <laughs> we also uh, had Big E uh, pay tribute to Brody Lee in his disqualification win over King Corbin using the Gator roll. He also uh, he also picked up the win with Apollo Cruz over Zayn and Corbin in tag team action, and then cut a nice little. Uh, a nod to, to Brody Lee in his promo backstage, and it was announced that uh, next week that he will be facing uh, a, Apollo Cruz uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. And we, yeah, should be a good match. And we also had the return of Sonya Deville. That's what I'm excited about. Sonya yeah. Deville made her return, but I will just say. And you know me, I always have to have to uh, have to give some criticism when it's due. <laughs> what the hell type of return was this? Shit? I, knew I, was, I knew that was coming. All <laughs> she did was walk backstage, and that was it. Like she didn't even come oh, out. Yeah, she didn't she, that's WWE for you, friend. Yo, but you know what though? I'd rather I'd rather see her just walk down, and then we got to figure out what's to come next week than to know. Keith Lee's push is already blown because he has his title shot in like two days, and then he gonna be out the picture already. Dude, why do you always like because put the chicken before the egg? We're gonna talk about Raw. Fucking like, annoying. Down. That's Let's why. Talk about SmackDown. We're talking about SmackDown here. We're talking about SmackDown. Yeah, we're talking about SmackDown here. Let's talk about SmackDown. This is why I go to everybody else before I go to you when it comes to WWE <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, you, go, yeah, you, know. You, you go way. You go. You can't relax. You can't calm your nerves. You know how to do it. We've been Yo, doing we're hour and 20, 20, we're just, hour and 20 we, minutes into this shit. You've been doing this shit for a testing my patience for 80 minutes. You, know, you tested my wrestling patience for 80 minutes already. Because we spent an hour talking about someone who deserved to be talked about, and that was Brody Lee. So don't, don't criticize me for spending time. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just criticizing. Now we're talking about WWE, and I can't stand what the fuck they do at times. Oh, my God. You know how we go through stuff, though. Jesus Christ. My goodness. All right. Any any thoughts on uh, SmackDown, Chrissy? Um, the whole Sonya Deville thing, I'm, I'm curious, since Mandy Rose is on Raw now, who she's going to, like, go and beat to a pulp. Maybe she should beat up Carmella, but who knows? I don't know. Um. Yeah, She'll get traded for Raw. Um, I'm I'm upset that they are botching and making um Sasha and Bianca lose to Carmel. I guess they got to make Carmelo look good. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, yeah, but they gotta set her up as as still getting another shot. I mean, this is this right. is something that we wanted. We kind of said she did great in her matchup at at TLC, so we're still continuing this. Poor Bailey. Well, yeah, yeah. Bailey looks so yo. My baby looks so irrelevant in this match. Yeah. Like she was so useless in this match, and, and she's trying to be annoying, but it just was not coming out at all. Yeah. The whole captain thing, take that off. Yeah, like three months ago. I know it was yeah. only two, but come on, like get rid of it. It's over. Hey, but, hey, know, it's, 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 she's not the captain anymore. She was the first one eliminated. Get over it. <laughs> hey, she was still the captain. She she made herself the captain. <laughs> she made herself the captain. No, <laughs> you should have ripped that shit off as soon as you got eliminated first, boo boo. <laughs> um. um. Biggie, I'm I'm excited to see what Biggie and Apollo do for next week. I love Big Biggie. Come on, like he. This is the shine he this this is the shine that he needs to be pushed into like leave the new day behind him as he's driving in the car. Unfortunately, um, they're still your friends. You'll see them later. See them on the other side. We'll have drinks later. We're gonna meet up for you know. We're gonna come over to my house. We'll have game night. All that stuff. They do their podcast every week, so there you go. Yeah, they'll see each other at the Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks. For fuck's sakes, like, come on, like they make it like gone forever, like shit. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. So I mean, let Biggie live. Right. (laughs) He's probably going to eliminate both of them at the Royal Rumble. I'm going to make book that shit. That'd be amazing. That'd be be amazing. That's a that's a bold prediction. I like it. Yeah, I've said that's actually pretty well said, Ness. Shout out to you, friend. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I just watched the highlights. Uh, I didn't got. I have the show, whole show recorded. So um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sonya Deville walked down the hallway. That's it. Looking fine as always. Sexy. Yeah, I I, I would have wished that she could have came out like Sasha and Bianca did win, and then she came out and attacked, attacked Sasha. Them. Or Sasha yeah. or Bianca. Yeah. I don't know. Some yeah. make it make it like feel like. A reason for me being back now is that I was gone taking care of a lawsuit and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, hey, I hope I hope she is she is up there and um maybe wins the Royal Rumble. Maybe her or Bianca. Ooh, that's, actually a good, that's a good one, friend. I like yeah. that that um, prediction. They, they, I could see either one of them. I know Alex McCarthy's been big, a big fan yeah. of uh, Sonya, but I would have liked for her to return yeah. after Royal Rumble if that was going to be the option. So, like, damn, bro, like, we giving up. We giving up on Bianca already. Oh no, I've never. I said, I said that. I literally. Do you do you listen to? No, me not for you. You know, Obviously yo, not because I literally said Bianca or Sasha. I mean Bianca or Sonya. I literally you just. Said it. I'm picking Bianca. Saying it till till Royal Rumble happens. I'm picking her. But yeah. like you said, make a make a comeback meaningful. Say like like you're pushing like she's not even wrestling. She didn't even talk. So you like you said you should have just saved it. Pretty much. So let's let's move on for JJ and talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, we had we had Keith Keith Lee defeating uh, Sheamus to face Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship on Legends Night. We had a whole bunch of guys with uh, Brody Lee. Uh, Legends Night that night. Next yo, that's all they're promoting is Legends Night, exactly. yo. That's all they've been promoting. Right, um, that's what I'm saying. I was like, it wasn't. Like, that's why I was like, 
SP, what show you was watching? I know the kids was with you and everything, but I'm like, what you No, I said, I said he's going, he beat I didn't Sherman, that one, so. face Drew McIntyre for the WWE title on Legends Day. I know, I was about to say he, okay, never mind. <laughs> we saw, we saw several Brody Lee slash Luke Harper tributes. WWE does, I'm sorry, I'm telling you, I'm not sorry. This is what WWE does, this shit causes fucking annoyance, nerves to go off. <laughs> we, we, saw, we saw several Brody Lee slash Luke Harper tributes from talent like Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Tom Phillips, and Ricochet. Uh, we also saw in the ending, in a cliffhanger ending, Alexa Bliss uh, first challenged Randy Orton after he invaded the Firefly Funhouse, and then she poured gasoline, but it was obviously water on herself, and threatened uh, him to set her on fire. Which Raw ended with a cliffhanger with Randy Orton lighting the match. So let's start with you, Top Guy JJ, since you wanted to talk about Raw so badly. What was your thoughts on Keith Lee winning, beating Sheamus to get his first WWE Championship match? Uh, I hate being right about it because it's fucking, it's like, <laughs> so you're going to become the number one contender and you're going to get your opportunity on Monday Night Raw. It's going to be so one we, of the highest viewed Monday Night Raw's. So we call God, it's not even about him. It's about everybody else that's going to fucking be there. They're cutting, yo, they're pulling people out of their fucking wheelchairs. They're bringing people out in their canes and shit. Like, how many times, how many times is Ric Flair going to be a special guest on Monday Night Raw? How many fucking times is the big show going to be a guest of honor? He just had a storyline for fuck's sake. Like, like, how are they special guests when they, yo, the only actual special guest to be was Mark Henry because he wasn't involved in any form of television in the entire year for them besides shit like the bump or pre-shows. Everyone else that is on Monday Night Raw that is an invited legend has had some involvement in WWE programming in 2020. How the fuck are y'all special guests? Y'all been there! <laughs> but we're going to put Keith Lee's title shot and throw that into the abyss. Like, 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 come on, man. Like, yo, it's like, yo, it's like they going to get, they just going to make matters worse. And then they not only make matters worse, they make the shit irrelevant. They make his title shot irrelevant because you damn sure know he ain't winning the shit on Monday Night Raw. Like it, it's just like, come on, man! You never know. They got a pop. Whatever. I, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Keith Lee ain't winning. His, he ain't gonna have the biggest moment of his life on an episode of fucking Monday Night Raw that is gonna be overshadowed by a bunch of old people showing up. It, it, it ain't happening. And, and, and this Alexa Bliss, <laughs> Alexa Bliss is fucking comical, yo. <laughs> so <laughs> she. <laughs> This was this was this yeah, was. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let Chrissy talk about the Alexa Bliss. What in okay. anticipation uh, for Randy Orton setting her on fire? Right, okay, so okay, <laughs> this, so this whole segment right could have all been done the beginning when they first talked, right? Like, why did you make us talk and wait to the whole end of the show yeah. had me yeah that's exactly no. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a little bitch <laughs> yo this was so garbage <laughs> it was so outrageous my my i watched it with my girl and she was just like 
that's obviously water because if she if she poured gasoline on her head like that, she would die. <laughs> yeah. And then and then she's yo, she's breathing it in. The shit is going in her mouth. Like, how are you talking? How are you still talking? How are you gonna? <laughs> I was like, she was okay when she poured it on the floor. She poured it in a circle. She yeah. did not need to pour it over her no. head because that took me out of the moment. Did you see the meme? Yo, no. Wait. This meme that it has her with all the water on her. And it has a Randy Orton. Randy Orton, it says, uh, I know Randy Orton is a handsome. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for still talking, but I think Chrissy, I, I just need to get Chrissy's finishing because I think Ness froze. I was about to say, yeah, Ness froze. This, this promo was so bad. This promo was so bad to Ness. This shit froze on him. Right, right. Exactly. Okay, first of all. Ness, Ness froze for a minute. We got Ness froze for a minute. Okay, so the whole thing with this, okay, first, uh, it, it was just complete, like, like you said, it was clearly water. Yes. She would have died. But you made us wait in anticipation. We already know that she he was not fighting her. Like rose eyes at you people. Like that was it was like you made us wait the whole three hours for the like it was dumb. It was so poorly like last week was great. Then the first part of the segment was cool. But then we didn't need the the last you could have all did this all in one 10, 15 minute shot. Like you didn't have to wait, make us dra- and drag it all. It was just poorly did. I feel like like I said like before. WWE just gets it and just do like bingo and just you know wheels the thing and just like okay yeah we're gonna do this right now like go outside and say, go out there and say hey it's like, it's like me reading the awards last week like <laughs> awesome. it was it was it was just, it was just totally like I don't know where the direction is that they're going in right now for the fiend or what it is. I, Alexa Bliss is great at the character, but the execution of what they they did last week, trash. I agree with you. We got Ransom Ham in the comment in the live chat talking about what JJ said about Keith Lee, saying that he's right though. He also uh, commented on SmackDown. Sonya Deville is versatile as fuck. I totally want to see her feud with Baszler at some point. That would Ooh. definitely be a nice, nice little, nice little style. Which means you uh, got to get traded to Raw. Well, well, maybe probably. In the Which next you, I, you know, WWE, they just gonna find a way to trade her for like some manager or some shit. Or, or the Miz, the Miz will will send her over. And I think he was talking about when JJ <laughs> was ranting, saying true. Thank you for commenting in the live chat there. But yeah, that that was what we missed. With Raw, SmackDown, and the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, we're gonna we have to run through a couple of news notes before we get to our preview and predictions for New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15 this coming Monday and Tuesday. But first, we go through our news rundown. I will say, I will, I did want to ask you guys since 2020 is behind us in the rearview mirror, what was your really quickly, what was your favorite news story or big top news story that we talked about in 2020? Since that wasn't an option for our True Hills, True Hill Heat year end awards to you guys, the host of True Hill Heat, what was your favorite top news story that we talked about in 2020? Let's start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. Uh, hmm. 
Meaning like news story, like just talk, not even like matches, just like news, like something that the just news happened. that we talked about on, on the show. I will say for me, my favorite one was the whole, the, the, the constant uh, WWE reacting to the whole global pandemic. I think okay. every, every week you guys, you guys, uh, they failed at it. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys got angrier and angrier with their reactions to the pandemic. So that was my favorite as one of the hosts. How about you, Chrissy? That can be a close top one for sure. Because we, 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 I felt like we were just. It was like we were talking to the wall at one point. It's the same. It was like like you. Everyone is getting tested, but you're not doing anything to prevent anything that's happening. Everyone's coming back, and now you're gonna have a Legends Day, and I'm sure they didn't even test nobody either. Yeah, pretty much. They're, no, no, they do. They are doing testing now, so at least they they're oh, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Top news, uh, worthy. Um, um, um. Hmm. Alluding us or giving us an inkling that well, it wasn't top notes, but you gave us some kind of information about Charlotte coming back. Maybe I don't know. Oh well, oh, yeah, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Um, <laughs> uh, top guy, JJ. Um, I guess if you want to call it like um, favorite news about our few month episodic rundown of their mishandling of. The coronavirus, COVID nineteen, them not acknowledging that this thing exists. Right. But I would honestly have to say, probably my like if I have to say a favorite that stands out for me was, and it's really I wouldn't say really top news, but it was just really just in our news line. It's just how we really turned the page, and when we got really strong with the Black Lives Matter episode. Like, I think that for us was powerful. It was really strong. It gave us all the freedom to say anything that was on our minds and in our hearts. And it was literally one of the newsless episodes. It was literally just a message. And to have the opportunity to do that, that was definitely, I would say, to be able to speak freely on a platform that so many people watched us on was definitely probably, like, my favorite thing out of something so dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, that was with uh, True, True Hill. Josh was on that. That was our, our highest-viewed episode of True Hill Heat for 2020. I also got to mention the uh, Speaking Out, after the whole Speaking Out movement, that episode mm-hmm. was uh, very, very strong oh. as well. So... Let's go through this week's news rundown. WWE news, according to Fightful Select, multiple WWE talent have reportedly either turned down or hesitant to sign new contracts from the company due to the offers being lower than what was offered in 2019 when the promotion wanted to keep performers away from other promotions. It's described that WWE is no longer hoarding talent. Thank God. Thank God, maybe. Um, WWE, I don't believe it, but okay. You don't believe it? Why don't no you believe longer... it? No longer. No, you're still hoarding people there. It's okay. Yeah, they're, they're still hoarding talent, but they're they not. They haven't signed as much people just out of yeah. out of just cause or oh. just blocking them to go to other promotions, basically. Okay. Exactly. They're not They're not yeah. as, as, as blatant. They're not cock blocking anymore. Exactly. That's that's the best the best terminology and uh, one that we we can understand that we can use about that. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a step in the right direction for WWE. At least they're not they're not 
or signing a whole bunch of talent that they're not going to use properly. And yeah, one of the I think their last cock block moves was when they just signed Kashida for no reason. <laughs> well, that like is, for no reason whatsoever because they've done absolutely. I would, I would, I, I would say re-signing the Good Brothers was the last cock block move because okay. that, was, that I, can't, for, I can't argue that. Can't that argue was for that. no other reason than to avoid the or, 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 or trying to give revival the tag titles just just to <laughs> make them happy. <laughs> like. Yeah. Well, I, we could go on and on. We could go on and on. Yeah, yeah we can go. We can go all day. With yeah, this. yeah, no, just, just. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, so we also got to talk about uh, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley has revealed that he tested positive for COVID nineteen. Has been isolated in a hotel for eighteen days. Unfortunately, being unable to spend Christmas with his family, we want to send our best wishes to Mick and uh, wishing him better health in twenty twenty one. He had a great gesture with him and CM Punk with them donating all of their yeah. January pro pro wrestling t shirts to, yeah. to Brody Lee's family. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, great stuff. Uh, uh, definitely a, a great cause for them. And you know, Mick Foley is so big on Christmas, so it is a shame that uh, you know he he can't he couldn't spend it with his family. Uh, Ringside News reported and later confirmed by Wrestling Observer Newsletter that WWE is planning on doing the second Firefly Funhouse match at Royal Rumble with Bray Wyatt. Hi. Bray Wyatt versus uh, 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 Randy Orton because How? the fiend is not real, so he can get set on fire. Chrissy! Hey, I, d- I just report the news. Wrestling Observer Newsletter also reports that Kyrie Sane is still under contract as a Japanese ambassador and went to WWE to get approval to appear on Stardom's 10-year anniversary show on March 3rd, and these talks went nowhere. Uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter and Fightful Select report that Matt Riddle uh, or Riddle has re-upped on a new three-year deal with WWE worth $400,000 per year. Fightful said that Riddle was reportedly not interested in the initial offer, but later came to better terms with the promotion. Fightful Select reports that uh, Eva Marie was originally scheduled to return for this Monday's Legends Night at one point, but has been announced. <laughs> but has not yet been been announced. Apparently, maybe they changed their mind. Uh, she was also dressed to do promos on the December 14th Raw taping. And then finally for WWE, Christmas Day SmackDown did huge numbers, the best viewership of 2020 with 3.303 million viewers on the back of 4 million viewers for their first hour following the NFL on Christmas Day on Fox. And Raw was up in viewership with 1.769 million viewers. So big numbers. That's Big awesome. numbers for for both shows, especially for uh, SmackDown on Christmas Day of all days. That shows that they they champions are doing some drawing, boy. Absolutely, yeah. the big the big dog is now to be known as the Demo Chief. <laughs> Man, yo, I haven't heard SmackDown do three to four million in God knows how long. The, his new shirt to the table is very. Is I don't even think they did that shit on their like debut. It. Um, they did that. Yeah, they did that on their video. That's a big they, number. I think. I think the four million for the first hour, though, is a record for them on uh, Fox. But it sounds it, like it. 
We got AEW news following up from the Brody Lee tribute. AEW has reportedly signed Brody Lee Jr., aka Negative One, to a contract with the promotion so he could start with the company when he is older. And a great gesture, another great gesture from the promotion. Uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that this week's Dynamite was the most attended wrestling event in the U.S. since the global pandemic, with a total of 1,080 in attendance for the show. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio said that Tony Khan rewrote the show in the middle of the night, pushing back the New Year Smash events, uh, two-week events, uh, to January 6th and the 13th. And like we said before, they did an admirable job with the whole tribute show. Just great stuff from AEW. On New Japan News, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Brody Lee reportedly wanted to go to New Japan before going to AEW. Top Guy JJ, what's the one match you would have loved Brody Lee to have in New Japan that you're disappointed you won't be able to see? Ooh, wow. No. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Just, just, for, just for old fuck's sakes... How you know, how crazy would a match with him and Minoru Suzuki would have been? That like, would be hard hitting. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, look, I'll, yeah, man, yeah. I think that's the first one. That's the first one that comes up to me is him and Minoru Suzuki. Absolutely, we got Ransom Ham in the co- in the live chat talking about uh, the WWE hoarding talent that they can't no more bad optics. Of course, with uh, firing forty percent of your workforce in twenty twenty, so yeah, it'd be bad optics for hoarding the talent. But I agree with uh, Top Guy Minoru Suzuki versus Brody Lee would have been a classic hard hitting affair, especially after what we saw with Suzuki and Moxley this year. New Japan Pro Wrestling had to cease ticket sales for Wrestle Kingdom 15 due to new restrictions with live gatherings in Tokyo, but they do not have to refund any sales uh, that were made before this ruling was made to avoid going over 5,000 in attendance. So there should be over uh, that amount in attendance for both nights of Wrestle Kingdom. We have Impact Wrestling news with Ethan Page is now officially a free agent with his uh, contract uh, expiring at the end of 2020. He also removed his merchandise from his website, which is usually done when talent before signing with WWE, who he has been in talks with, along with AEW and MLW as well. And Sammy Callahan re-signed a two-year deal with Impact Wrestling uh, at the beginning of of, uh January, uh, actually yesterday. Other wrestling news, our final news notes, we had Ziggy Dice is now a free agent and did a shoot interview with Fightful uh, detailing his struggles with getting a reasonable deal from NWA as their television champion. Selena Del La Renta has resurrected Mil Mortes as the former Lucha Underground champion is coming to MLW. And GCW Game Changer Wrestling announces their Fight Forever show on January 29th will be the first ever 24-hour live wrestling event to support in independent wrestlers. So a great endeavor, something very unique that is going to go down at Game Changer Wrestling. So good stuff from them. 20 24-hour event? 24-hour straight. <laughs> Bro, we could barely survive five. Right. <laughs> like, shit. Props to them, but yo, that, that's a fucking that marathon is appropriate. 
GCW it has some loyal fans, so you know they will be coming out to watch that. But we finally got our final segment here as we talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15. This Monday, it starts. Uh, it's going to start at 2 a.m. Eastern Time in the U.S. Uh, 7 a.m. East uh, 7 a.m. BST in the UK for all our UK watchers. Uh, we got a jam-packed card. This is the biggest show of the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is not going to be the typical Wrestle Kingdom that we've seen in the past with 40,000, 30,000 in attendance. This will be much less due to the whole current global pandemic, but they definitely jam-packed these shows. It's going to be uh, one show on the pre-show for night one, six matches on the main show. Uh, the same will be for night two. First, we got to talk about night one on the pre-show. They're going to have a 22-man New Japan Rambo match, which is their Raw, their Raw Rumble with the final four competitors. Moving on to day two, where there will be the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 um decided Toriyanu was the king of pro wrestling for 2020 so we will see if he will be able to uh be in the final four for the new japan rambo but we're going to talk about the main matches on the main card first of all we got el phantasmo the super junior 2020 uh win the super j cup 2020 uh winner el phantasmo going one-on-one -on -one with the best of the super juniors to 27 winner Hiromu takahashi El Fantasmo won the Super J Cup, defeating uh, ACH in the finals, while Hiromu Takahashi defeated El Desperado in a classic matchup in the finals of the Best of the Super Juniors, and he made the challenge to the winner of the Super J Cup, with the winner of this matchup going on to Night 2 to verse Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So, uh, Hiromu Takahashi has been the star, the ace of the Junior Heavyweights by ELP has been one of the biggest heels that the junior heavyweights have seen in quite some time. So let's start with you, Top Guy JJ. Who you got? ELP versus Hiromu. I'm gonna go with. <clears throat> sorry, I'm gonna go with Hiromu on this one. I know Hiromu's, you know, been battling a couple of injuries here and there. So I think this is gonna be a great year to redeem and really resurface. Absolutely, I, I I have to agree with you there. I'm gonna go with Hiromu Takahashi to get the victory here and move on to day two. Who do you have, Miss Chrissy Love? Hiromu as well. Absolutely, and we want to hear from you guys in the live chat. Let us know who you think is gonna win. We got all the matches on the screen right now, so give us your predictions for who's gonna win day one of Wrestle Kingdom 15. On the next matchup is going to be for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Titles as the Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taishi of the of the Suzuki Gun will verse the Gorillas of Destiny of the Bullet Club. G.O.D. won their first uh, World Tag League this year, defeating Finjuice thanks to help from uh, Kenta, and now they get an opportunity to become the first ever seven-time IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. So who do you have in this one? Let's start with you, Chrissy. G.O.D. G.O.D. for the win. Top guy, J.J.? Yeah, man, you can't can't go all clean, babyface looking and then come out into 2021 and not win some gold, man. G.O.D. is taking this. I'm going to agree with you, make it unanimous. Our boys of G.O.D. And plus, we want to be invited to the next Bullet Club block party. So yes, <laughs> that's, a that's a fact. Yes, I, I definitely have to be at the next one. 
GLD to make history at Wrestle Kingdom fifth. Just gotta um, get up really 15. early, Boo Boo. That should be really early. I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I can do it. I'm, I've, I, I'm <laughs> More Bullet Club in action as Kenta will defend his right to challenge for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship contract versus Kojima. This was originally supposed to be Kenta versus Juice Robinson, but Juice uh, was out with the injury, and Kojima stepped in challenging Kenta for his briefcase. Kenta has defended the briefcase more times than John Moxley has defended the IWGP US heavyweight title. So this is uh, I think in a lot of in a lot of eyes, a lot of people think that Kenta should just be named the IWGP US champion at this point. But who do you have? Kenta versus Kojima. I will start things off and I will say Kenta gets the victory here. Who you got, top guy? I mean, Kenta is the IWGP United States champion. He is the fucking champion. Come on, there's a pandemic, man. Mox can't fly back and forth. Yeah, like yeah. the hell? I mean, shit, this is 2020 that hit us. Thank God we're out of 2020 now. But yeah, Kenta's taking this, man. Kenta's, Kenta's, Kenta's the uncrowned champion. Chrissy? Kenta for the win. Um, you, Yeah, if we were going like New York to LA, some different, but we can't keep going across to the other side of the, the, the world. So yeah, Kenta for the win, friend. Good point. And next up, we got this one is one that's caused a lot of controversy for New Japan fans, including yours truly, as Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, Mr. Wrestle Kingdom, will go one-on-one with the Great Okan of the Empire. The Great Okan made his return to New Japan, the former Young Lion, after spending some time in Rev Pro. He was undefeated in Rev Pro and then came over to be the, the enforcer of the empire behind Will Ospreay. He has attacked Tanahashi on multiple occasions, including beating him in the World Tag League. He's attacked his knee. Tanahashi has had a somewhat down year from the standard that he has uh, made, but at 43 years old, he's still one of the best performers in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This isn't the first time that Tanahashi is versing a returning young lion. As three years ago, he went one-on-one with Switchblade Jay White, and a lot of people were upset about that. So, will Great Ocon be the next Switchblade in developing, or will Tadahashi beat Ocon like he did Switchblade two, uh, two, three years ago at Wrestle Kingdom? Who do you have, Tadahashi versus Ocon? Let's start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. I have Tadahashi for the win, friend. Top guy, JJ. The level of disrespect. For Tanahashi for this Wrestle Kingdom match is fucking blasphemy. <laughs> the great Okan. Like, are you like, come on, bro? Like, I know y'all trying to push new stars. Y'all trying to make no, no, not Tanahashi. You don't give him. We knew we knew Jay White was on the come up, but come on, you know. Tanahashi better win this fucking match. I even have uh yeah, he- better win this fucking match. I even have my friends in uh, the UK that said that they saw him in Ref Pro, Great Ocon, and he, they said they've never heard anyone say that the Great Ocon is good in the ring. So, so even <laughs> even though he was undefeated in uh, Ref Pro, he didn't impress a whole lot of people. I mean, this does seem like the perfect opportunity for Tanahashi to put over someone new and make a new star. 
But he has been dominated so much in the lead-up to this match, I have to go with Tadahashi. So we're unanimous once again. And this is where Wrestle Kingdom, I think, is going to go into high gear, and we're going to get the Tokyo Standard with our final two matches on day one, as it's going to be Kajuka Okada going one-on-one with Will Ospreay. These two men were former uh, stablemates in chaos. Will Ospreay being sort of the little brother of Kajuka Okada, where Okada versed him in Rev Pro in 2015 and invited him to New Japan and invited him into chaos. They've been, uh, Ospreay was then uh, 0-4 in his next four matches against Okada, always proving that Okada was the bigger brother. And then in the G1 Climax, Day 17, the final night of the A Block, Osprey, with the help of his girlfriend, B. Priestley, and Great Okan, finally defeated Kazuka Okada and then gave him the Hidden Blade. Since then, him and the Empire, along with Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and B. Priestley, have beat down Okada multiple times and shown his dominance where Will Osprey says he's going to end the career of Okada in the Tokyo Dome. So who do you got? Osprey versus Okada. We'll start with Top Guy JJ. Come on, man. You had me up until Okada, and so he said he's going to end Okada's career. Like, I mean, I mean, how many men have come and tried this nonsense, and it just doesn't work? Like, Osprey, oh, God. Oh, I want Osprey to win this match so bad. I want him to win this match so bad that I'm going to pick him. I just want him to win this match so bad that I'm just but yo, picking against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom is like almost suicidal. So I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna try to look death in its face and cheat it. I'm picking Osprey. Okada's the one that um, comes out. He 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 came out last year looking like the white um, looking like Tommy from um, Power Rangers in the white. <laughs> yes. And he had the the rainfall come down. I'm going with Okada. Fuck that. Shit. <laughs> You just have to ask who Okada was. No, I had to meet. Friend, we, li- I- we literally have a saying on this show: Okada wins. LOL. Right, and I, 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 I know names, but I got, I'm still putting faces to people. Okada is like the Super Ranger of New Japan. Like he's right. like, oh god, this is like I'm telling you, this is a suicide pick. Right, suicide. I didn't watch nothing but that match last year. And I remember his entrance because of my friend. He told me you gotta watch this. I'm looking and the at intro yeah. for like 15, 20 minutes. I'm looking at suicide right in his face, picking Osprey. Um, uh, ramp that they had. I'm going with Okada though, friend. So you didn't even have to ask me, but you this know. is like if you watch sports and you see in a thirty-five point spread, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll take them to cover it." <laughs> there you go. You're 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 making the riskier pick. I would love to go with Osprey. I even got a, a Osprey shirt on. As we're as we're doing this, but but I am oh. going with Kazuka Okada to get the victory here. I just I just think that uh, it, it, we we need we need a happy moment for 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 he lost last like, year at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't see him losing two years in a row. It's like picking against the Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 literally a horrible pick. Hey, he's he's lost before. He's, he's, yeah, he's right? lost before. No, he lost. He's lost a few times. He lost to, to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi, like what, seven years ago? He's lost to Tensei and Naito. He lost. He lost two years in a row at Wrestle Kingdom. He lost to Naito last year and Jay White the year before that. 
Uh, speaking of Naito, though, the main event is for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships as Tensuya Naito will defend against Kota Ibushi. Tensuya Naito, the winner of this matchup, will go on to day two to versus Switchblade uh, Jay White in the main event. Uh, Kota Ibushi won the G1 Climax uh, 30 this year, becoming the first man since uh, Tenzan in 2004 to win back-to-back G1 Climax tournament uh he then lost the briefcase the first man ever in 17 tries to lose his g1 climax right to challenge count contract uh to switchblade jay white jay white decided to have his title shot on day two because he wants to end wrestle kingdom weekend as the double champion and naito being the baby face that he was decided to challenge koto obushi to day one since koto obushi won the the g1 climax because naito wants to prove himself as the the top guy, the top star in the company. And since he didn't get to celebrate his win last year at Wrestle Kingdom, since Kenta disrupted his celebration, he wants back-to-back nights where he could celebrate victories in the main event. So who do you have, Naito versus Ibushi? I will start it off, and I will say, Kota Ibushi wins the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships on day one of Wrestle Kingdom. Who do you have, Miss Chrissy Love? Abushi as well. Um, with all of that, you all said, like, why would you pick Naito? <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> hey, Naito didn't get to celebrate last year. He may be able to celebrate at least one night. At least one for night. Everyone, but we're going for this this particular one, Abushi. Who do you have, Top Guy JJ? Naito is one of the most confused book people in New Japan to me for some reason. Um, for that purpose, I, for whatever reason, I know he, I don't, I don't see them resurrecting it. I see Ibushi sweeping it. This is a sweep. I see Ibushi taking a, taking double straps and Ibushi becoming, this is going to be his first time becoming champion, right? Yep. This be his first time becoming champion. Oh, that, that, just, that, that, just, that just that just makes this that just makes the story so much better. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go with Bushi, baby. Naito will come back somewhere, probably by like climax or some shit. So then we got day two on January fifth. That's gonna kick off at three a.m. Eastern time. Uh 8 a.m. BST on New Japan World. We got the four-way for Is the king. Is that three o'clock in the morning to watch the show? I am. Uh, I, I got to cover it for my website for uh, Sports Kita. So, uh, full way for the king of pro wrestling. Uh, like an hour early, and he has to get up anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're going to see a four-way for the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 with the four competitors who are the final four in the New Japan Rambo on night one. And then the main show is going to... Uh, we're also going to have a stardom, the ladies of stardom, in on the pre-show in uh, to-be-announced matches. And then we have for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles, El Desperado and Kanamura of Suzuki Gun versus Master Wado and Ruski Tabushi. 
This uh, the Wado and Taguchi first teamed up in the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Tournament. Uh, they were the only team who defeated El Desperado and Katamaru in that tournament. That was the same tournament that Despi and Katamaru won the titles. But who do you have in this one? Wado and Taguchi versus El Despi and Katamaru. I will start things off and I will go with the Suzuki Gun team to retain in this one. Who do you got, top guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just love picking Suzuki Gun just to pick Suzuki Gun. I love it. Because <laughs> I, I, honestly, man, I, I, I honestly, I don't fuck with Taguchi that much, so I, I'm just gonna go Suzuki Gun. Pretty like, like saying the name Suzuki Gun. It just sounds great. It's just cool, right? So fucking cool. <laughs> it, it is. It is a cool name. And <laughs> then you got for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we all went for Hiromu Takahashi to defeat ELP on day one. So he will go one on one with Ishimori, Taji Ishimori, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Ishimori defeated Hiromu at Summer Struggle in Jenku in August to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. But Hiromu did defeat Ishimori in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. So so they are now two and one all time uh, against each other. So does Hiromu, with Hiromu having the advantage. So does Hiromu get his third win against Ishimori and regain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for the third time? No, for the uh, fourth time. Or does Ishimori retain? Who do you have, Top Guy JJ? Ah, uh, this is exactly you know they they love playing this shit out, man. So you know I'm gonna go with Ishimori taking this one to even this bitch up. Cause you know they're gonna have a big blow off in a couple of months. You know they 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 gonna keep this shit going. So I'm gonna go with Ishimori. You know, who do you have? Down. Who do you have, Miss Chrissy Love? Ishimori. So two for the Bullet Clubs. Ishimori, and I'm gonna be the difference maker here. I'm gonna be different, and I'm gonna go for my favorite guy in New Japan, Hiromu yep. Takahashi, yes. to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title for the fourth time. And then we got for the Never Openweight Championship is going to be Shingo Takagi defending the title against Jeff Cobb of the Empire. Jeff Cobb joined uh, the Empire in the World Tag League 2020 tournament, teaming with Okan, and they defeated Shingo and Sonata with Cobb pinning Shingo to gain this opportunity. Shingo Takagi won the Never Openweight title from Minoru Suzuki back at Power Struggle, and this will be the first time that he is defending the title at the big stage of Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. Who do you have? Shingo versus Cobb. Miss Chrissy Love. Ooh, this is a hard one. I'm gonna go Shingo for the win. Who you got, top guy? You know, Jeff Cobb has proved me, he's proved me wrong for some, some time in 2020. He's actually picked up a couple big matches in, 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 you know, at the end of the year here. So I'm actually, you know, not quite there yet. Not quite there yet for you to pick up bigger wins. I'm going to go with Shingo to, to, to defeat Jeff Cobb. But you're, you're, you're almost there, son. You're almost there. Almost yes, there. I like Jeff Cobb. I got to, like, you know. He's almost there. Not quite yet, yeah. though. Not at the Wrestle Kingdom stage yet, though. I know Jeff Cobb looks like stuff. <laughs> Then we have a grudge match in the semi-main event. It's going to be evil. Going Wait, SP, home. I don't think you picked SP. Oh, so, oh well, I'm going with uh, Shingo. I'm going to go oh. with Shingo. I'm going to make it a sweep. Oh, Shingo. Thank you. <laughs> So then we got a grudge match in the semi-main event. It's going to be Evil going one-on-one -on -one with Sonata. The former... 
hard. Like, why are they not? They're not easy. These are harder and harder as you keep going. I'm reading the. That's, that's called a good card, boo boo. Exactly. That's yeah, the like, like, <laughs> card, and I'm like, I like both. Like, I can't. Okay, right, go, 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 go ahead. So, you, you got these two names. Former North Indianapolis. <laughs> former Los Ingenables, they have pwned stable mates. They were former IWGP heavyweight tag team champions together. They've won the World Tag League two separate times. And these two men went one-on-one in the B-Block finals of the G1 Climax, where Sonata did defeat Evil. Evil, however, did defeat Sonata earlier in the year in the New Japan Cup 2020, where he first turned on LIJ. And he has brought out a new, more vicious, more aggressive style of Sonata. The calm Sonata is no more. He's the cold skull, no more. And he's been whooping ass. So who you got? Evil versus Sonata. I will start things off, and I will say for J News of J News Japan, I'm going with Sonata. Who do you got, Top Guy? Mm, I mean, Evil has such a great start to 2020 and then such a blah finish. And I am going to go with 2021. Not starting off as great for him either. I'm going with Sonata to defeat Evil. Who you have, Miss Chrissy Love? I am going with Sonata because I like the name as well. And it's a Yo, hard one. I do not like the name Evil. Right. I mean, I like Evil too, but Evil is just not winning. It just it, they're not in his favor right now. So I'm going with Sonata because it has been proven. You guys told me these facts. I didn't. No one else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sonata's been struggling. We try our best. Evil's and been struggling. <laughs> Finally, Wrestle Kingdom 15 weekend will end with oh, the IW- with the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental titles on the line. We all said that Ibushi would defeat Naito on day one, so he will defend the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental titles against Switchblade Jay White. Like I said, Switchblade won the briefcase, became the first man ever to defeat the G1 Climax winner to win the briefcase, and he called his shot for day two. He wants to end Wrestle Kingdom with both straps, and he can do it because we know Ubushi and Naito will probably kill each other on day one. So there will not be much left of either man to verse Switchblade. So who do you got? Ubushi versus Switchblade. Let's start with Miss Chrissy Love. Switchblade for the win, friend. All right. We got one for Switchblade. Top guy JJ. That's what makes us all so sad. That's what makes it so sad because Ibushi's going to become a, the champion for the first time ever in his career. To lose it after one night, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just—it's so fucked up. But it's gonna happen. This is so happening. Switchblade is definitely going to pick up the scraps and become the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. And I see, you know, yeah, I throw that in there too now. You know, so, so so I guess I'll be the difference. I'll be a different oh! once again. And I think that Ibushi. Pulls off the clean sweep. He gets, his, he gets his revenge on on Switchblade on day two to walk out as 
He said he wants to, the man wants to become a god. So he will become a god at Wrestle Kingdom. And you win. I watch you on other podcasts. Don't be trying to change your, your, your thoughts. No, 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 never that. Never that. I'm not going to do any more podcasts <laughs> until, until, until Wrestle Kingdom. So this is, this is the last time I could change my prediction here. So I'm going with Kota Obushi to gain the victory. So that is all. For Wrestle Kingdom 15, day one and two. Like I said, you can watch it on New Japan World. It's going to be available at 2 a.m. for day one and uh, 3 a.m. for day two. You can see the card right here for day one, as well as the card for day two. It's going to be a jam-packed show, one of the best shows of the year. So definitely go out of your way to watch both nights, whether it's live or whether you want to watch it later on in the day. And we will be on a special Wrestle Kingdom 15 day one round table right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It's going to be myself, Jay News, as well as a couple of more True Hills along with us for day one. We're going to do a live stream for our round table, our first ever live stream round table for New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15 day one. I, I, I won't make any promises for day two we're gonna probably do day two on demand we'll we'll record it ahead of time but we're yes we're gonna do our first ever live stream roundtable for new japan pro wrestling wrestle kingdom 15 day one so definitely let us know if you haven't been able to watch us live let us know in the comment section who you think is going to win for the predictions and we might read your comments on that live stream as well so it'll be a lot of fun and join us live where you could comment in the live chat and become a part of the show a plug for our lineup on the True Hills uh, YouTube, True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Check out our year-end countdowns for top ten wrestlers of 2020, top twenty matches of 2020, and top ten best major shows of 2020. You got the latest J News Japan, Blunt Impact, and Dark Power are up right now as well. And also, you can check out my latest appearance on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily on Wrestle Talks, the Wrestle Two YouTube channel, as we have all four hosts on there for the mega year-end show with our award winners for 2020 and i got a lot of heat for picking thunder rosa as uh my woman's wrestler of the year so check that out it's a lot of fun um miss chrissy love where can they find you on social media uh i am the sensation miss chrissy love you can find me on ig twitter and on facebook uh chrissy love underscore just chrissy love or just plain crystal lynch top guy jj uh, and well, Instagram for me is at True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. That's my Instagram profile. And for Facebook, I'm just simply Justin Johnson. But I'm a little bit more active on Instagram. Pretty much post my Instagram stuff to Facebook. Makes sense. You can uh, follow True Heel Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at True Heel underscore Epic SP3. You can also follow a bunch of our friends, Wrestling Travel, Warrior Wrestling, Battle Club Pro, as well as Mission Pro Wrestling on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. YouTube, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channels for Marcus Cash, My Battery is Dying, Jimmy Macaram, Wrestling Travel, and of course, Wrestling Wrestle 2 to check me out on Wrestling Daily every single Wednesday live at 3 p.m. 8 p.m. BST. Of course, like this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans and friends. Comment down below if you haven't been able to 
catch us on the live chat here. Comment down below in the comment section. Let us know what your thoughts on our podcast, our weekly podcast, and of course, your predictions and previews for Wrestle Kingdom 15. But most of all, tell us what your favorite Brody Lee moment or match was. We definitely want to hear that below in the comments. Push the iCard to subscribe and the bell below that to press all notifications for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. You can also listen to True Hill Heat on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast platforms. And you can catch us on Powered 4 TV, where we have our, all of our videos on True Hill Heat. So, for the beautiful, the lovely Miss Chrissy Love. For our resident True Hill alcoholic, Top Guy JJ. For the recently departed three-time baby-making champion, Ness. It is me, it is me, your True Hill phenom, SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 106 Live Edition. We are signing off until next time.